Hi there. Welcome to the Private Suite Podcast interview series. As always, I'm Indy Advent, and today we have a very special guest on the show. His name is Chris, and he runs a little thing called Allo City Records. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you. How are you? I appreciate that. My pleasure. What's going on? Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm good. I'm just a bit nervous. That's all. Ah, that'll go away after five, five, ten minutes, I'm sure. Too. Yeah, it's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. So what's going on, man? How you been lately? How is the UK treating you? I'm, I'm good. The UK is okay, except it's like been pouring all week. So that's kind of whack. Oh, yeah, otherwise, it's good. And where where exactly are you located? London? Uh, so I live in London in a small part called Isleworth. Um, it's kind of like southwest London, I think. Cool. I got to get out there, man. God damn. We just had uh, my pet flamingo on the show. He was talking about London. London is sick. It's just like it's too crowded. Like I get stressed sometimes because there's people everywhere. Oh like, yeah. I'm not. I come from like a really small place, so when I'm in London, sometimes it's just a bit much. Hmm. I came from the town I come from. I don't know if I've said this on the show before, but when you drive into it, it says "Welcome to." Be- it's called Bellwood. B-E-L-W-O-O-D. It's like where I grew up there for a while. And uh, it's the sign is like hand painted and it says, welcome to Bellwood in like cursive, beautiful writing, population 325 and just underneath dot, dot, dot and growing. It's like, man, <laughs> there's nobody there. <laughs> it's so I'm small. I'm a really small place as well. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's stressful so many people because you're trying to get on the train or the bus or whatever and you just can't because yeah well i moved to toronto from there basically and i was like oh my god a total culture shock like all these different cultures and just bellwood is just white people basically right <laughs> very simple times i like that about london. london i didn't feel so like left out because everyone here is foreign pretty much so yeah yeah true true because you're from denmark right uh, and how long? How like how long have you lived in London for? So I've lived in London for just over two years now. Okay. So I moved when I was nineteen, and I'm twenty-one now. So yeah. And why did you move? My fiance, who is also like the co-founder of Allo City, she moved here when she was like twelve. So she's used to it here and stuff. So rather than her having to learn Danish and like move to Denmark and stuff, I just moved here instead. How did you meet? <laughs> I was like, oh my, when I was 17, I made like the worst, like sort of vaporwave inspired album ever. Yeah. And um, I was like promoting it. The place doesn't matter. But um, so I was promoting it. And like, I was like probably one of the only people ever who liked that album. Yeah. Um, I became like internet friends and stuff. And then I went here to visit her and, and then we like became friends and Skyped every day and stuff. Okay. And then to London to visit her, and then I went back, and then she came to Denmark, and back and forth for a few years. Aw. I moved here two years ago. Yeah. That's cute, man. Thank you. So she's a big part of Alice City. She was a co-founder. I thought it was just you, to be honest. Everyone does. Well, it's it's, it's tough to explain. So um, when we started Alice City, it was both of us for a good, two years and then we sort of 
keep doing the label for a while because I was trying to move here and like a job and stuff. And then right, um, opened in December last year. It was mostly just me, and now it it still kind of is. Whereas she just helps with like shipping stuff when there's a lot of orders. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I have Hans, which is the I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Um, Channel of Dreams, one of my artists, he helps out with some of their curating now and stuff. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, we just recently put out his first, like, sorted out, which was the Asutenki one. So, Oh, dang. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool, uh, somewhat have involvement with the label. Yeah. Oh, fuck, man. Hans is the best. Shout out to you, Hans, if you're listening. <laughs> that is I so cool. I, Dream Channel. I love Dream Channel. God damn one of the best artists on the label and he's like the greatest guy to work with so mm-hmm. yeah shout out to him big time okay well that's a great introduction uh so so nice having you on the show chris i'm really excited to talk to you we've been talking for a long time and it's nice to uh, finally know what you sound like oh no i don't like my own voice like just i i'm like cringing really hard right now at it but that's what it is. <laughs> yeah I don't think anyone likes their own voice. People seem to like my voice. I don't know why. It's really calm. Like, it's very, like, calm and, like, yeah, I don't know. Do you think I'll be a good dad? Yeah. That's, that's like, a disconnected question. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? Will yeah. I be a soothing, calming father? Yeah, you'll be like, good night, honey. <laughs> I, can, I can imagine it. It'll be good. <laughs> oh, man. <clears throat> okay, so... uh Let's let's dive into the record label, man. Aloe City. So it started in 2015. Is that right? Yeah, around I don't even, I don't know the month, but yeah, 2015, and then it was active until 2017, I think, and then I put it on hold, and then I no 2016, I put it on hold, yeah. and then in December last year, mm-hmm, with uh, Mitch Porsche's record. Yep. So the first, um, so before I reopened the label, I didn't. I didn't even plan anything. I was just like, we'll just sell all this old stock and then we'll see what we do. So I put up a bunch of like old tapes from back then I had and then I sorted out the Mitch Porsche release as well as content awareness. And then I put out Mitch Porsche first. Um, and then about a month later, I put out content awareness. Mm-hmm. By Streamcatcher, if you're not aware, everybody. Great record. Yeah. That, oh my. Content awareness went... I remember I was sitting here while my fiance was in Bulgaria and I dropped that copy or whatever sold out so quickly and I thought I was so on. <laughs> yeah. And like you were like hyped up in Vaporwood Cassette Club and everything. It was cool. Yeah, for sure, man. Well, it's a great record. It's a, the, the aesthetic is awesome. People eat that shit up, yo. The colors and the, the, the girl there. It's really good. The vinyl actually turned out really good as well. Like the... The splatter effect. I was kind of worried it would look like yogurt on the record, but mm-hmm. the splatter looks pretty good. It looks like candy. I want to eat it, like cotton candy. I mean, you can try, but you might snap your tooth. <laughs> <laughs> I got strong teeth. Uh, I wish I got that record. I got the MD and the tape, the original oh, I tape. You, I swear I remember shipping a record to you. Did I? I don't think so. Maybe I just haven't updated my discogs. I can check. If you want me to. Here's the MD. I don't want to waste people's time on the show looking for a record. I should probably know that I already have. Okay. If you don't have one, I can send you one, actually. Mini disc. Okay. 
we'll, we'll take it offline, online, as I say. We'll, we'll discuss that later. Cool. Anyway, I have poor memory. <laughs> Same here. Oh, God, we're fucked. So, yeah, beginning of the label, uh, you put it on hiatus for a little bit, started selling old stock. So, I guess it sold out pretty fast. And then you're like, hey, let's get Tokyo from Honolulu or from, to- yeah, from Tokyo to Honolulu on there, Mindspring. So, okay. So, basically, what, what happened with, with that whole thing? I'll just need to like look over our bank account to remember the entire process. So, I had a bunch of old stock I put up, and then that made like, whatever amount of money that I needed for the first few cassette releases but was sold out in like a few minutes and I was like what people still want this because I would have thought everyone would have forgotten because so much stuff happens in the scene so if a label is out for a while it's just I don't know I just kind of figure it out that would just mean that people forget it's not um the after I put out content awareness I put up the um, reissue of destination infinite Mindspring Memories release, and then I got back in contact with Haircuts for Men, and I got some uh, demos, which uh, from Tokyo to Honolulu was one of them, um, and so I just started like networking and putting out a lot more stuff. Mm-hmm. You sure have. It's it's really incredible the amount of work you put out since you reopened the label. It's like thirty releases, maybe, right? I don't know, and all all giant smashers, man. They look so great. Maybe twenty. I don't know. But I'm excited that I you're back. No idea, but I resting recently because for the first few months I was shipping tapes every weekend. But you can't do that long term when you have a normal job too. So mm. real life, it's bitch. <laughs> so how did you start connecting with some of these other artists like uh, Nostalgia Plus or Hatena? Oh my! So that um, Hatena, I just found his like one album on Bandcamp, and then I asked him, "Hey, do you want to release on my label?" And then uh, Spark Society. Um, well, so, oh, Nostalgia Plus was, I saw his post on Reddit where I was like, I made my first Vaporwave album and I thought it sounded good. So I just, well, I sent him like a DM or something. That's how most of the releases happen. Like either someone like reaches out to me or I just like put something out for them. Um, whereas other like Haircuts for Men and Mindspring Memories it's from years back, I already released them. So, right. Make makes sense. Guess, makes sense. Like needing a label to put something out, I guess. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, that's so cool, man. It's like I said, it's really nice to have you back. I remember when you were entertaining the idea of reopening. You actually asked me about it. I was all for it. So I'm glad you actually pulled through. And holy crap, did you ever pull through? Like one of my favorite labels right now. It was just I. I just didn't know if it would work. Because when you close down for so long, like two years, that's a long time within the scene, but I'm just fine so far anyway. <laughs> I read you. Um, so how, when did you decide to change the way that you approached creating the physical products? Because, you know, your earlier stuff, it's a lot more simple. You know, you're not doing LED prints, for example. So what? Uh, why did you want to make that switch into like more polished material? Um. Well, it. The, so the there was a few things to it. So back in the day, we used to do like everything DIY. Like we like dot the tapes and do the stickering and the J cards and all that stuff. But it was just mostly out of not. Like to be honest, I, when I reopened the label, I was not really in a position where I could do like a hundred tapes by myself in time for the amount that I release get them done by band CDs and there I sort of 
um, realize the potential there's for when you work with them because they have the LED printers and all these things. So mm. right, right, right. We should like make cooler tapes, I guess. Mm-hmm. Cool. And what about the art? How do you how do you nail the art every single time? I don't know. A lot of the time, people like bring me art, and then I sort of like just change it to fit the cassette or vinyl or whatever it is. Um, in some cases, the artists do it entirely by themselves. Like haircuts for men has never asked me to like do a J card. That makes like sense. That. Yeah, <laughs> and draws everything from scratch. It's ridiculous. So he's sick, but uh, I don't know. It just whatever looks nice gets made. I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even though it's a good model. Experiment like that, it doesn't always work. Like or color case, this right. like the we just did i like the print and like the j card and all that but the like the green case did not look how i had imagined it no you wanted it to be green though more maybe more of a transparent green i wanted it to be a bit darker and it's just it it looks kind of tacky but we can polish that i guess oh i see yeah it's tricky man not all the colors are always available the main thing especially like leading up to cassette store day the turnarounds for getting cassettes done just get my god they get yeah. extended like, <laughs> like that mm-hmm. yeah i was just talking about that uh yesterday at the you know duplication.ca they have a store here in toronto so i popped by for like an hour for cassette store day and just to make a little video which may already be out listeners so you check that out on our private suite youtube channel um it's not a great video but whatever <laughs> You can't make something perfect every time. Yeah. That's something I've also like learned to accept with other CDs. Like sometimes things the way me or the artist intended them to, but like so mm-hmm. that's the you way you can't do anything like that. Yeah. But yeah, sorry, the, the story. My apologies. No worries. Please continue. Oh no, the the um the story about uh cassette story that I'd like to hear. Oh, I see. <laughs> um yeah, uh, I was talking with one of the guys there, Garrett, uh, just about, because they make a lot of tapes, right? Duplication.ca, about the um, oversaturation of tape production these days compared to like a year ago, two years ago, and how they're like, they just renovated completely. They have so much more room now for tape display and maybe even tape production. Um, they also press vinyl there. Like they have a little press at the front that they use, I think. Yeah, it's a r- really, really cool place. If you're ever in Toronto, check it out. And also, yeah, check out our video, of course, on Private Suite. And I wanted to say, uh, definitely check out Aloe City Records, guys. If you haven't checked out the Bandcamp page, it's a beautiful assortment of of art and everything. Like, uh, the, like the digital artwork. A lot of the tapes are sold out now. You can maybe find them on discogs but uh there's a few actually you know what there's some haircuts for men messiah mitch porsche so and always more more tapes to come (laughs) speaking of that do you have anything like upcoming that fans can look forward to a lot actually i don't know like right now i have oh geez hang on so i have um really excited about coming next week which is um from meaty it's um a virtual reality um 97 platinum platinum edition 
Um, so that's like an old album that was on Dream Catalog um, before like David um, killed all of the sample releases for, um, I believe he got in, in trouble for releasing them or something like that. Um, but anyway, that release was originally on Dream Catalog back in the day, and then it was re-released on uh, Angel Mark Lloyd's label, Swamp Circle, and then uh, finally do cassettes for it. So I'm stoked about that because I've been a big fan of media since, uh, I don't know, 2016 or something like that. Nice, dude. That is very exciting, actually. I will certainly pick that up. Oh, also, there's um, a new Nostalgia Plus tape coming, uh, Waterfront Dining, one of his old albums that haven't gotten released yet nice um, and a new haircuts for men records so it's a lot like a vinyl so we're pressing uh we're currently actually at the moment pressing marble fantasy which is um what is in japanese and that's the green one on his bank cam so it translates to marble fantasy pressing a run of 200 records for that which will um ship both from uk and from us from uh my friend over there eric uh, you, you might know him from the Vapor Vinyl. Yeah, I know him well. We were just talking about him on uh, my Pet Flamingo episode. Yeah, Eric Hughes is my guess. I, I love Eric. Yeah. He's the best. <laughs> he just sent me like a bunch of stuff from his label, Sly Vinyl, as well. It's He's so tight. Yeah. I don't know what I would do without Eric. He's like, I love his vinyl releases from not going in flames. Mm, wow. Fuck yeah, dude. Shout out to Eric. He's getting a lot of shout outs. Yeah, lately. people but like Eric is, he's there. He's a backbone in ways, in some ways it seems. He helps a lot with um like other labels and stuff. He's he's cool. I like Eric. Yeah, I'm gonna chill out with him for a bit on Saturday. Actually, I don't know when this episode's coming out, but uh, during Electronicon, we're gonna get together. Oh. Well, we're meeting up at the airport when we arrive, and then we're gonna take a cab over, and yeah, it should be fun. It's a funny story. He's actually going to stay with the with the guy that's doing the... Um, so when you press vinyl, you need, first need to do a lacquer and then you make like metal plates from that lacquer and then you press the records from that. Um, so the guy that's doing the mastering and the lacquer for the Haircuts for Men record, Eric is going to go hang with him as well, I think. Oh, sick. Uh, what a small world. He's been, yeah, he's been a great help with the whole release. It's, I'm confident that it's going to be a sick record when it's finally done. I'm expecting it to be done in like or something like that. So that's going to be cool. Uh, you cut out a little. Sorry, everybody. His the internet. Yeah, we did our best. You bear with us uh, while it cuts out. We can understand like ninety nine percent of everything, so it's all good. But I didn't hear that. Would you say November? Um, no. Nah, so I'm thinking. Yeah. So the 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 um, internet and ISO were this fantastic. I apologize. So um, the. Because for men record will probably be done pressing in December and come out. Um, it's probably going to be done pressing around Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve, so it's going to be delayed in shipping until like January, but mm -hmm. come out around when it's done pressing as well. Yeah. Dope. Exciting stuff. All right, let's get to some of my questions here. How did you get into Vaporwave? This is going to sound so whack but floral shop probably that's like three in a row on this podcast everybody floral shop let's be real though no matter how much you listen to that record it's still great like i don't actually have the physical because i don't want to support asco thing around it but yeah i don't know it's i just like found it on i think tumblr or something like that and then i started i at first i didn't like it to be honest i was like this is whack i don't know why someone would do this 
and then I started like into like Young Lean and, and stuff like that, as lame as that sounds. And then I sort of revisited Full Shop and like heard like Banshee, and then I sort of really clicked. Like I was like, this is tight. And then I like found Luxury Lead and you know the artists that I sort of ended up listening to more. Full Shop was the first vaporwave I ever heard. Um, but it didn't feel so foreign to me because I already knew like stuff like that. So it, it sort of made sense. But at first, I didn't understand why someone would do the like music. But then I don't know. I fell in love with it later. Uh, yeah, I love that record. I don't know. It's I try not to bring it up because people are just sick of it. I'm sure like everybody talks about it on the show. But it's what do you want? It's the story that everybody has or a lot of people have. And that's how they found it. The, the genre so that's it's because that album got so big like it it was i don't even know before it got taken down it had like millions of views on youtube and Did stuff. It? oh wow like it i mean they sold what like three thousand records of it like biggest vaporwave release ever mm-hmm. yeah i guess it was after everything said and done about three thousand yeah crazy and then so yeah you found blank banshee and then what at what point were you guys like uh, and i guess your girlfriend you introduce her to that music as well i imagine and then you're like let's start a label yeah so that there's a bit of more backstory behind that so it, i didn't like my start in music was not really vaporwave so it was um so when i was little i used to listen to like i don't know 50 cent and whatever with my brother and then um i started getting into like like death metal and new metal at first so i first got into like slipknot and i was like the biggest fan of them for like five years um and then i got into more like death metal and like black metal and core grind and stuff like that and then i got into harsh noise um and then started making harsh noise as well i wasn't very good at it but i made it and i released a few tapes on the label um and so off records and became really close with the owner Pori. um and so I was like, this guy is the coolest person ever. I need to run a label one day. Mm-hmm. And then, what was the name of the re- love the label? Nog Records, so like N O G Records. Okay. Yes, yeah, like a Pennsylvania DIY noise label. It's like not running anymore, but mm. yeah, so I released like three cassette releases on there, and then I sort of I don't know. I just want, I just got obsessed with like rules for them when I realized um, there was a proper like cassette scene for vaporwave uh, uh, i thought that's that's my thing i'll do that awesome man awesome oh that that, that was kind of it yeah cool cool so i like to know what keeps people running like what their gas is what keeps them going i want to know why do you keep putting out tapes on this label is it just because it's a way to uh, keep yourself afloat or is it because you love the music or you want to create something physical uh, and permanent in the world for these artists? Like what exactly keeps you going? I mean, it's, it's a mixture of things like it. Well, so firstly, the artists I work with, they all, you know, they're all fantastic people. So I enjoy like working with them and speaking to them about like um, the ideas that each of us have for the releases themselves like everyone that releases on LO City is a great person so that's definitely like unity of it is one of the things for sure uh, but also just like i really like tapes and records and mini discs and whatever else i release so i don't know just putting artists that i really love on those formats and like working with them and 
I don't know. It's just it makes me happy, and it makes the artist happy, and it makes the people that you know support the label happy. So it's so it's it's cool like that. Yeah, uh, it's, it's hard to describe. It's just something I care about. It must be a great feeling getting all those messages from people, um, or just seeing all the all the activity about your releases on Twitter. You know, for sure. It's like when people post pictures of it. It's like. Yeah, I'm, I help with that, like you know, and it's seeing the artists like interact with their fans about it and stuff. It's just cool, and it, it's it's a hard feeling to describe. Like for example, when um, the content of Rana's vinyl went up, like I was trying to post a tweet about it, but I couldn't physically because you know the when you have a sale on Bandcamp, the like little pop up thing is where that uh, publish button is. Went up, and it's like. It's an insane feeling. Like it's like the fact that people care about it that much to like camp for it from out of minutes before so they can buy it exactly when it drops. That's just I don't know, it's crazy. Where did the name Allo City come from? <laughs> I don't know. I actually want to point out one thing first. Oh my god, when people get like confused with like Allo City with Neon City, it, it What? It makes my heart cry a little bit. They're not deep enough into the genre, I guess, because that's quite a, the. There's a quite the dis- distinction between the two of you. Oh my! I mean, maybe it's because they're on. both four letters, neon and aloe. I don't know. That's weird. You know, like the the oldest city here, I think, within the genre. But anyway, so we were like, so I was seventeen when we opened Aloe City, and um. Mira was like 19 and we we're like trying to so Alice City started as like a net label so we we're just kind of like brainstorming things mm-hmm. for to call it, to call like the Bandcamp label it started as all kinds of like stupid things and then <laughs> Aloe City because Aloe is like makes your skin soft or whatever and the music that we released on the time was quite soft so it's like a I don't know it doesn't really make sense when I put it into words but it's like Music most of the time. Aloe is soft. City, I don't know. Soft it, city. It makes sense in my head. I know what I mean. Yeah, I know. That's, that's a beautiful... I don't even know what it makes me think of. It makes me think of a utopian city floating on the water that has something to do with like aloe and um, like seaweed and... Not seaweed. Uh, what is that? Like fucking green shit. Soft, shit. soft, soft green stuff. Yeah, yeah. Not for me. I don't know. You know what? You you know what the perfect record for Aloe City was? Um, Let me find it here. Skylines, because of the the album art and the water, especially the. um, I think you did a second edition, right? Or no, 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 no. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah, that That's a great record for aloe city i don't know just the way that the sun is shining on the buildings it's like has this very warm feeling about it and it's like i don't know it's beautiful i actually made made the artwork it had a so when i first got the release i actually had a different cover art but i was like i didn't feel like it really the music was 100 percent. like it looks very the original art looks really similar to the current one like the aloe city one but artist if he would be okay if i tried to get someone to sort out a different artwork that might sort of read the sound better 
Um, had um, Hatena, I don't know how to pronounce that. Bootleg baby, um, make one, and then that—that's what it ended up being. Oh, cool, cool. For me, Allo City is just—I don't know. It's a place that exists in my head where each artist has like their own their own part. So, like, I can imagine like with his beard in, in a barber shop. So, I'm, oh, I don't really know a hundred percent what most of my artists look like. I just have this like picture in my head of most of them. Like, I don't know, when I listen to any of men's music, it's just like some buff guy that pops in my head. I don't know why. <laughs> but, but yeah. Do you listen to all the music from your artists? Like, do you listen to all the work, like, regularly? Are you fans of, like, from Tokyo to Honolulu, for example? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I try to keep up with every artist that's released in Alu City, but it can be hard because there's so many. But, I mean, I... I do my very best to like keep up with everything they put out because all of the stuff they put out is especially like anyone just all of them put out wild music all the time. So I try to like go for everyone's like Bandcamp and Twitter's to see if there's anything new. But um, sometimes I'll miss something and then I'll listen to it later on. But I try to keep up with what's being put out on other labels as well. There's a lot of music to keep track of, isn't there? <laughs> it's like I don't. It's crazy. I mean. I, I try to mostly keep track of like the artists I work with only because if you try to keep, tr- I don't know how, for example, like doing like all these interviews and stuff, how you can keep track of the entire scene like you do. Cause for me, it's like, like I do, there's so much like stuff being released that I, there's no way I'll be able to like tire a scene like that. Yeah. It's just, it's stressful, man. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh my, talk about stressful this week. It's just, <laughs> Oh, I'm, I'm glad that I have a um, Tuesday because all of this week I've either like, except for today, but I've either worked or been at the post office with records. So it's like sleep. <laughs> I don't know. It's tough to run a label when you work on the side, but it's, it's worth every last bit of effort. No, you certainly put a lot of effort in, man. It's really awesome. Love the label. It's it's also like a joint effort, I suppose, because Hans helps out a lot. And Mirak, if I can't go to the post office because of work or something, she'll go. Or like even when the haircuts for men seven inches arrived a few months ago, Mira's like my fiance's sister came to our flat because none of us were going to be here to wait for the package. Because like they refuse to leave vinyl packages outside of your door, like the normal small ones, because you have things of such high value in there. Because you have like three hundred records or whatever. So it's like a lot of help from like like small things from friends and family as well. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I don't know. It's cool. Running a label is cool. Super cool, man. You get to connect with so many awesome people. Uh, a lot yeah, of these people I really want to interview, like Asutenki. I actually did interview him technically. Uh, it wasn't me, but I hooked up an interview, a uh, written interview in volume six. It was our climate wave issue, like Weathersoft style. Check it oh, out, wow. privatesweetmag.com if you haven't. Uh, yeah, issue six. There's a full interview with Asutenki in there. It's like six pages long. I'm impressed. I had no clue. Seriously, because Asutenki is like... Exactly. It was it was a tricky one. And shout out to him for doing the interview with us. It was awesome. He's like he's like the only artist on Allo City that has refused an artist copy. Really? 
So I usually give people anywhere from like, it depends on the run size. If it's a small one, we can do one. Or if you do a hundred, I'll say, how, tell me however many you want, like 10, whatever. So it's, it's sort of like, it, like very just like, I was like, so we can have this copies and this and this. And he's like, nah, sorry, I don't want one. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I don't know. He's strange. He's, I mean, he's cool. Yeah. It was just kind of like, I was a bit surprised because give an artist a copy of their own thing that's like for me that if an, a label was to not even give the artist a copy that's a bit like but yeah yeah uh, we had uh, alex from pacific plaza on recently and he actually just gives the artists a tape like for free he's like you this is part of the deal you get a tape because uh, you know how a lot of artists don't get their tape or whatever or whatever yeah, of course I don't know. It's like you, I mean, I get it if you run like a tiny label that does like, you know, if you do like runs of five or whatever and you just send them a tape. But for me, it's like, I take a lot of like importance to like getting artists like their copies and pay and whatever. So then it needs to be feasible for them as well to put something out on Allo City because I feel like if you're not doing any of that, you're just making money off someone's music and they're just getting, you know, nothing. And what's the point in that? I feel, I feel like I mean, the, it's not like, it's no secret that running a Vaporwave label is not even, it's very like Vaporwave labels that can even live off of running the label. Like myself, there's no way, even if I tried my very hardest, that wouldn't work. But it, so it, it's not like it's for the money or anything, but I feel like if you're, even if you're just making like 60 pounds off someone's release or something like that, you should at least, you know, split it with them or something. Mm-hmm. I guess not all labels agree. Yeah, that's that's the way it goes, you know, like, and that's that's totally fine. It's fair. Like we do, shouldn't expect all labels to, you know, like some I don't know, like Illuminated Paths, for example. They just pump out tapes. That's their thing. That's cool. I prefer something a little different, but some people are into that. Um, you know, like uh, we shouldn't hold every label up to the same standards. But if if someone expects to get a tape, is promised one, then they don't get one. Then that that's kind of yucky. Yeah, yucky. You lay out what what the deal is. Like you get this in return for doing this release, and you stick with that. That's fine. So it, as long as the artist is happy, that's like the main thing. I don't know. Like I, I don't know. I want like people that buy stuff from Alice City, and as well as um, the artists, and just be with what's happening. I guess I don't know. I'm not a very like music business guy, I suppose, because you know it's common in like any other genre to just the artist, but I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dan Mason's in uh, in England, everybody. <laughs> oh, wow. Really? Uh, I heard him in the background. The siren? Ah, uh, please. Yeah. I'm not in England, Dan. <laughs> yeah. No, we have a joke where he the cop's sounds is him. It's a long story. Yeah. That, if, if you come to London, you hear those all the time. Yeah. Like, I don't like the way that one sounds. I prefer the one over here. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's not that nice. I'm getting used to it. It's it's a bit sad because people just like get stabbed here and whatever. <laughs> I don't know. London is a bit. <laughs> that seems a bit cutthroat. It, it really is literally it's, cutthroat. It's pretty tough. Like I don't know mm-hmm. me, but I like living in London just because there's all these. I don't know. This it feels like there's opportunity, even though everyone's kind of broke, but. 
Yeah, that's true. I certainly feel that way. Cassette store day was yesterday. Woo! It was my wallet light. Yeah. I was actually, um, I was worried yesterday, but because it was like so many awesome releases and I'm like seeing something on the most busy day for cassette releases, but yeah. they disappeared. I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's tricky. I'm sure a lot of people felt that way. <clears throat> like Infinity Pool, I just talked to them. They didn't, they chose not to. Um, like Golf Audio put out like 10 tapes. That was wild. I like Golf Audio. Oh, audio, sorry. Um, that, that's how it, I like the whole like DIY ethics stuff. It's cool. Like, you know, it's, it's relatable when a label posts a trunk full of vinyl records and stuff because it's... Yeah, they, they, they're they for real mo- mofos, yo. They don't fuck around. And it's, I suppose it's a similar feeling to me because every label, um, if any labels are listening to this, they will know the feeling of walking in after a, like a release that did well and the post office staff are just like, fuck off. I've had post office staff literally tell me it goes to a different post office because I have too many packages. Really? Wow. I had 60 or something, which is... That's not much. Which, I mean, it, it, it 15 minutes to do all that, but it's like... Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I found the post office is really good. The staff are really nice, and they, they mm-hmm. get happy when I package it, so it's cool. Yeah, nice. Do they... they yeah. Yeah, I don't know. My, I'm sure my mailman hates me. Every, like, two days, my mailbox is so full of maybe not two days but i have a little tiny little box in my apartment and they just stuff my packages in there like get in there i'm sure they're fucking smashing it but luckily nothing none of my stuff gets broken um but yeah it's like i can't pull it out i'm like i got my leg up against the wall and my arms on a package just ripping at it and i can't pull it out (laughs) yeah We'll try to put like records in a mailbox and like snapping it. I'm like, oh, oh dear. Some of the reports I get, like I don't get a lot of like damage and lost items, but sometimes like like last week there was a guy that sent me an email because his um this one tape I sent him, his package was mold and there was no tape inside it because it fell out. It's like ripped to like shreds, and then it was like inside of a bag from Royal Mail that says, "We're terribly sorry about the inconvenience." It's like. How how, how do does even... that happen, man? If anybody works for the post office or couriers and shit, can you explain that? Like what? Just, I don't get, I don't know. It like they put it through like a paper shredder, and I was like, what the? F- how? But I mean, it's 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 cool. Like I'll just send a replacement. But when you see that, it's like I understand how they can do. I don't know. I saw a package of audio that literally had like a massive impact wound in the middle as well. <laughs> it looks like someone like, stabbed it with a spear, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? Just... I don't know, man. I've seen some crazy YouTube videos though about people like hucking them around or doing crazy shit. Uh, nothing in particular comes to mind, but I'm sure you know what I mean. Yeah, I could imagine. That's why I try like really hard to like. It takes forever, but I've wrapped every single like aluminum tape and mini disc and bubble wrap in hopes that the case won't get all like turn into shards really um and also like the vinyl packaging i spent like a good deal of time sort of discussing that with um eric which we spoke who we spoke about earlier about like in relation to um like packing vinyl records and stuff like that because i'm not it's not like i'm sending a of course you can send a replacement but imagine you go to the mailbox 
and you open like a record you're super excited for and it's just like snapped in half or something like that i'm trying to like that because heart sink i'm just trying to keep people from like disappointment when they open their lcd order <laughs> big time well you certainly do i think i haven't had any problems but i think uh i think more people have problems in the u.s a lot more than me i think uh some of the couriers down there are a bit more violent or something <laughs> angry yeah it's all of the like crazy loss like some of the like crazy things that's had with other city orders were in the u.s one of our earliest releases i sent a copy to my friend because he bought one customs had opened the package and then they just put the tape back in without like taping back up the package or anything so they just left it open and somehow it was still in the like bubble envelope when it got there Jeez, that's lucky i just feel like you should like i get it because it probably sucks having to check all those stuff all day but like no drop is you know something you wake up and be like yay but like yeah i wonder because like a lot of places will guarantee delivery by a certain date so i wonder if they have to like fit all the packages through for that day or something and then they have to rush it that that kind of seems likely to me. I, I never really like. I don't even know how long it takes for most of the LOCD orders to get there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, a lot of people seem to think that it's it should be normal to take months to ship. Like uh, the um, when I announced the waterfront dining reissue, the original dropped in like July, and I sent them all the next day. Um, shipping has been delayed a bit since I started this new job because my previous job was a lot more. Like it was less hours and stuff, so it was easier to make it to the post office. Whereas now it's pretty much just weekends. And get done one weekend, it has to be the next. Mm. Um, I don't know why I get sidetracked, and then I forgot what forget what I was on about. <laughs> I think we I think we covered that one. I think we're good. Right. We're talking about um, like vinyl and shit, Eric. Shipping. Yeah, so, oh yeah, no, no, sorry. Um, <laughs> so. People seem to like think it's normal to take months to ship. So um, the original water from dining tape that I put out that dropped in July. And so when I re- announced the reissue, some guy was like, it's edition shipping soon because I never received mine. Yeah, I've heard that before. That 100% got lost because I don't know. I think it's a bit crazy that people have the expectation and like they're cool with the fact. How many months has that been? Three or something like that? Like, yeah, July. Jesus Christ. But yeah, so I'm sorting out a replacement for him, obviously. But it's just like I think it's taking forever to ship is kind of a normal thing, and I'm trying to like work towards decreasing that for vinyl releases as well and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's great. I don't think you've taken too long, and I mean content awareness and the sort of the vinyl pre-orders I put out did did. I mean, they took a while, but the reason why is because. So I started Allo City back up with like 70 pounds, which is like $80 or something like that. Um, not not very so much. I sort of had to like build up that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's for men's seven inch, it was like a hundred pounds short or like something like that. So I did a pre-order and it worked. Content awareness, it was kind of like either I can press this and not release any tapes for three months or do a pre-order and do it that way. So mm. I went that way. I see. Now it's like with the nice that, it, for men, that it worked out with the one that I'm pressing right now, Marvel Fantasy by Haircuts for Men. I can I'm managing to actually cut out that like three month pre order thing and sort of 
just press it while I still release tapes because I'm finally able to do that. So I'm trying to, because like no one really wants to order something and receive it three months from then, you know? I'm not too picky, but I, I know what you mean. People are, yeah. I mean, neither am I. Like when I order merch, I just forget that I ordered it. And then when it pops up, I'm like, oh, hey, nice. Maybe it depends on like how much the- you order. Yeah. I think I've said that before here. Whereas some people, um, understandably, are not too happy about waiting for three months for a record. So it's, uh, for me, it's like also it's because there can be, um, you know, production hangups and stuff like with content awareness. I had an issue with the audio on one of the tracks. Um, and so basically, I spent a few weeks arguing about that uh, with the plant. And then they basically told me, well, tough. Jeez. I feel like they uh, somehow it's it's strange though because the final pressing I feel like they might have like polished the the plates or something before they pressed the final one because they sound a whole lot better than the test pressings they sent me. Mm, nice. Uh, yeah, the maybe they noticed something. Yeah, like the it's so pre, pre, uh, I can pronounce that the Vocaloid emo album folk whatever um, that I released on vinyl as well. Um, that one they just printed the wrong sleeves and so now they have to like reprint all the sleeves and it's wrong with vinyl crazy yeah i remember alex talking about that a little bit yeah vinyl is just the the toughest format to Mm -hmm. release in my opinion there's so much so many more steps yeah like you have to cut it cut it perfectly on the edges and exactly and if it if even you just fuck up one of the steps it delays it by like weeks and it's like Oh, it's it's a lot, but the plant that we're pressing at right now seems to be good, so we'll see about that. But um, um, I think it's going to be cool with the record shipping from the US as well, because now people don't have to pay an arm and a leg to get a record from LA City, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. But we'll see how that all. Yeah, very cool, very very cool. Shout out to Eric once again. Love you, Eric. <laughs> so, what outside of Vaporwave? What is what is your life like? What do you what do you like to get up to? Hobbies and work or whatever, family. I work in a call center, like full time. I used to do care work, um, but I don't know. It's tough to like take care of other people that are like ill and stuff because you you know stuff. So it's like, and I had a, like a patient that like died on me and stuff, and like, holy crap! Yeah, like doing care work kind of made me feel kind of like miserable, I guess. So. I stopped doing that and then I worked in a coffee shop as a supervisor for a bit. And then I recently um, started a job in a call center where I just like take calls about like some stuff. So that's cool. As for like stuff I like to do, I like to listen to like tapes a lot. Um, I like to skate as well. I'm not very good at it, but I'm very passionate about skateboarding. Nice. Except I'm not getting a lot of it done right now because it's constantly raining. Mm-hmm. i'll like go to like skate parks in london and stuff so that's yeah fun. meet up with your homies yeah skateboarding skateboarding is the best man i love it same it's like just skating bowls and stuff and buying weird <laughs> shape boards i love the the community aspect to it it's just like it makes me always feel young again sort of maybe because i did it when i was young and it takes me back but like just hanging out in front of a convenience store, like everyone's sitting on the curb. Someone just gets up, does some tricks and shit. You all go to the skate park, do your thing. It's like the high energy and the adrenaline you get from that constant, um, like you're working out. Like skateboarding is not easy. It's it's tricky. You're jumping 
constantly balancing all this shit like skateboarding it's like a like a i don't know like a vehicle or something which it isn't like it takes so much effort to make it do just like the tiniest thing mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. not like longboarding longboarding you can just cruise it's nice and easy the wheels are nice and soft skateboarding is usually the wheels are yeah it's not fun yeah usually wheels are really hard like the the wheels i ride they go like mm-hmm. on the ground hard wheels like Spitfire Formula Four, so they're quite hard. And then, yeah, I don't know. People here in London hate skateboarding. It seems I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Like park is all fine, but if you do street skating, people like yell at you and stuff. So that's kind of whack. Crazy. I don't know. I have this like sick. I don't know. Sicko, but he's just like it's near where I live. If I skate past the block I live in, he, like starts yelling out his window. <laughs> what a jerk, man. People just don't get it. I don't know. But yeah, skateboarding skateboarding is the best, man. It's uh, like I was just saying, because your adrenaline is so high when you're connected with all these people, you just, you bond way more because you're all so stoked on what you're doing, having such a good time and the blood's flowing, you know? Yeah. Wish I had more time for it. I'm kind of feel with the label at times because it's like, I don't know, you spend a lot of hours sorting out a release and you sort of, you know, I guess you build like friendships and it's all like a like when i especially when i work with smaller artists and their release ends up going huge like channel of dreams for example i'm like it sounds weird but like i feel like proud dad looking at my kid do something i don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah that's a great great way to put it um yes i don't know i was confused i was like is that is that would that be you or the cat that's what, anyway, yeah. What would what be me or the cat? Before. Oh, was there? Yeah, I didn't realize you heard that. Yeah, I was about to say, my cat's being super crazy right now. <laughs> I don't know if she got into the catnip or what, but she's in hunting <laughs> mode. My mom has this, like, cat that she found on, like, the highway while driving. It was just there. Like, I think maybe someone, like, dumped it there or whatever. Yeah. I'll get home and that cat's insane. Like it wakes up at like 4 a.m. and it just starts like running around and like scratching. <laughs> and whatever. Yeah, that reminds me of my little girl here. She was feral. Um, yeah, I got her. I think she, the vet said she was like nine months old when I found her. And it's a really crazy, sad story. Like she was left in this forest right beside a garden that I used to have. I had a community plot and I was gardening there one day with my girlfriend at the time and she just came waddling out like all sh- like shaking and super thin and shit. And we we're like, what in the hell? God damn. And we got her some water and I ran home, got her some food. And then it was like October or something. So it started getting cold. So we we're like, okay, I guess we're taking her in, but I already have a cat, uh, my special boy. <laughs> so yeah, it's an interesting dynamic between the two of them. I still have both, and I no longer am with that girl. Uh, so it's a lot of responsibility. I feel like they're my children. Well, I mean, pets, I don't have any now. I had like three dogs, two tortoises, and whatever in Denmark. But I just, I don't know. I don't have time for that commitment right now. I like to get a mantis uh, as a pet. You know, the praying mantis with the... For sure. They're, yeah, they're funky. I, lo- I love one of them, but they would not let me have that in the no. house. I need like cockroaches and stuff, so that's completely out of the question. She'd kick me out if I got that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. 
you have time for like a cat or a dog or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of, I love my cats. I, I want them, but uh, it's so much work. Sometimes I wish I didn't have to deal. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I suppose it also depends on like what's going on in your life. Because if you're really busy, it's really hard to have pets. Yeah, I'm busy I'm as like, hell. Like I'll go ship tapes or whatever. And then I, I want to go skate and all these things. And if I have a, like a pet at home, they're not going to, you know, want for me to be gone for that long. So it's, I guess that's why I don't really own yeah. also pets just not allowed in our apartment so that makes the decision right really oh in toronto there's no you're not allowed to have a no pets clause oh really in an apartment building yeah in a condo sure but not in an apartment building see in in a london in london it's just like a lot of places where you can't have pets but then there's a lot of people that have them anyway like there's a guy above us that had a dog and stuff but break the rules anyway at some point when I have time for another pet, but right now it's just... Let us break the rules. We are family men. Give us our pets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll but break I, the I, rules. I love going back to like Denmark and seeing my dogs there. Like, they're amazing. Um, I have three of them. I have Charles, um, and then I have Nusu and uh, Kenzo, and they're like all different breeds and stuff, and they're really cool. One of them actually has throat cancer, so that pressing really quickly but yeah yeah I, I love my shit dog. man yeah how how often do you go back to denmark every like three months or something like that oh that's um, nice and like sometimes it'll be like six months without going back but for the most part every three months or something i managed to get a few days off for christmas to go nice yeah but but the thing is the main sort of like family i you know interact with the very most is my mom so i'm mostly go to see my mom and stuff because um very much um because i guess we're not as close and then um i like going back the thing is i just i don't i don't know it feels strange whenever i go to denmark because i feel like i'm foreign when i'm here but then when i go back because i've lived here for a while i also feel like i'm foreign there because my danish sucks because i barely speak it so it's like there's a word for that it's like zionichi something I think it's Japanese. Does that mean forgetting your like own language when you move somewhere else? Yeah, it's sort of like I th- I think it's like the diaspora in that you feel like you don't belong anywhere. You don't feel like you belong where you're born and you don't feel feel like you belong where you live. And there's a lot of great films about that. My fiance just said uh, I don't know if I it's it's weird cuz like I there's a lot of like Danish things that I really dig, like that I, I guess I feel a part of. But then there's a lot of things here that I feel a part of. But both of them are still a bit like I don't know. I feel a bit out of place wherever I go. Kind of, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, it's cool stuff for sure. But I could live there again just simply because it's, it's so. It feels some I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to explain. Yeah, it is. I'll send you a couple films that explore that. Maybe you'll like them. Yeah, I'd love to check that out because it's a strange feeling to have because you'd think that when you go to the country you were born in and lived in for most of your life that you'd feel at home. But when you move somewhere Mm -hmm. else, it's like a little Mm -hmm. different. There's one film, I forget what it is, but it's like a the person moves back home after a whole bunch of technological like revolution happens and he just doesn't recognize it anymore. It's such a good film. What was that? I think it was Japanese too. There's a lot of Japanese ones because like, um, 
or maybe they're, they're Korean, take place in Japan because a lot of Korean people were forced to live in Japan in the, the Japan-Korean War. And then those people had kids and their kids were born there, but they f- were Korean, born in Japan. Um, but then like the war ended and then they kind of assimilate into Japan and kind of forget their Korean heritage, but they don't know like where they're, f- where they feel like they should be from, you know? Really yeah, good I know stuff. that feeling. It's, it's really weird. Like, I don't know. Like, my accent doesn't necessarily, like, sound like other Danish people's, but then it doesn't sound like the one they have here or even in America or whatever. So it's just, it's it's weird. <laughs> I've sort so many different cultures throughout my life. Because, like, I used to be best friends with this, like, um, guy from, like, Miami that I spoke to on Skype every day when I was little. So I, like, stole some of his accent, but then... That's the Danish part, and then I still like I. It's not like I try to. It's just you know you when you're around like British accents all the time, you absorb that as well. So it's like it's weird, but yeah, yeah. You have, you have a really distinct accent, and you know what? Distinct accents are sexy. <laughs> I don't know if your fiance can hear the conversation right now or not, but oh, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, hope, I would hope he agrees. I mean, that, that's the. Hopefully, yeah. I like her, her accent. Is, it's like very distinct as well. Like she's from Bulgaria, but she's lived here for that long. But she doesn't speak like a British person, so it's mm-hmm. it's weird. Yeah, you don't. I don't think you sound like a British person very much. You nope, but a little bit. It's it's interesting. I like it. I haven't really picked up on it all the way, and I, I hope I don't because it would be sad if I sounded like everyone else. That's also my thing. Like. Mm. I don't know. I think you might appreciate it more as you get older too. Yeah, it's like I guess it's cool to like have your own thing in a way. Actually, that's one of the things about Alice City. It's like I always struggle with people that don't know about like much because they're always like, "Oh, so it's that record you put out? Is that music or like, like no?" So it's this person that I put like, like this artist I put it out for, and they're like, I'm "Like." Uh, I don't, I don't like explain what a label is. Yeah, that's that's weird. People should know. It's they've been around for how you know forever. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I suppose it's also because like more of like a I don't know. They still are like they're more of like a thing. I guess I don't know. It's hard to explain. Most labels are not very much like something you will hear about. Like you don't hear about what. I don't know, for example, like uh, Universal does, like, because they just exist. You only hear about their artists. So I suppose that's why people don't really. Mm, I see what you mean. But in Vaporwave, it's all about the labels in a way. It's like a way of facilitating the music to people's ears. Yeah. I mean, labels do get a lot of hype in the Vaporwave scene. But the main thing is that we need to always remember that I feel like some labels might forget at certain times is that if you didn't have your artists your label would just be an empty bank camp page and some blank cassettes you know yeah the label is never going to be stronger than the artists they have like yeah the artists on Hello city Hello city would just be like i don't know exist and that's so i think it's important to like remember that that's why you should be always be on good terms with your artists and stuff definitely do you have any new artists that you plan to uh feature or bring on to the label and also uh what is your process for like submissions do you take submissions 
Um, so right now, if I haven't like put out something for you previously, then at this moment right now, I'm not taking submissions only because I, well, so I have a lot of artists that constantly like put out new stuff, but also easier for me to like reach out to people rather than listen to demos because when the demos were open, I'd get quite a lot. And a lot of them would be like stuff that I wouldn't like bad music. Most of the time it was really good, but it just wasn't the vibe that I was going for. Um, so I feel like it's easier to like spend my time properly by, you know, I like this artist. I'll put them out rather than listening through, you know, an accumulation of like ten demos or something, and like maybe I'll like eight of them, but they're not really my thing. And then you know, there's like maybe one or two out of the ten that I would consider. And then yeah, so right now it's, I'm not taking demos from like external parties, I suppose. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I just had a thought because your label is mo- mainly consists of slush wave and and broken transmission or signal wave. Uh, Would you agree with that statement? To a certain extent, yes. I mean, there is some broken transmission on there and there's quite a lot of slush wave, but it's like, for me, it's, I like a lot of different kinds of music. So I try to bring them in somehow, like Channel of Dreams and and from Tokyo to Honolulu and Desert Sandfields Warm at Night, they're more on sort of the slush wave side, whereas more like... Um, classic vaporwave artists on the label like Streamcatcher and Haircuts for Men and Waterfront Dining and um, Media that I've brought on and you know there's a release true yeah yeah yeah. the release from Cat System Corp and you know some of our old releases like Schizoid is also um, classic vaporwave and then yeah and then there's also like the more electronic side where it's um, you know Soulcraft and Mitch Porsche as well as Forbidden Cream which is Haircuts for Men's side project mm-hmm. uh, that stuff is sort of more on the electronic end. So I sort of try to like, I like, but in a way that like works for me. I don't know how to explain that. I don't know how that, that forbidden creme or cream record is still in stock. Same. Like, I, I just don't get it. Boone is so tight. Yeah. Like I snagged that shit instantly. And there's still 44, everybody. Go pick that shit up. Haircut. I don't know if everybody knows Haircuts for Men's other project. I don't think so because the, even the Bandcamp page doesn't seem to get as much traffic as the Haircuts for Men one. But Definitely not. Yeah, they're they're very different vibes, but you can feel that it's the same sort of like. I mean, style, it's like it's different production, different styles, and and Forbidden Cream doesn't rely very heavily on samples if at all. Whereas Haircuts for Men is mostly Plunderphonics. Um, but like, I don't know. There is some, there's another Forbidden Cream album I'd really like to um, put out on Allo City, which is called Possessions. Originally an, a Haircuts for Men album, but then the whole copyright, whatever thing happened, that's why he made Forbidden Cream, but like bring it off down to Allo City as well. Yeah, nice. Very nice. New artists. It's, for me, it doesn't matter if you're you know very established, like um, Waterfront Dining and Haircuts for Men and such, or if you're... I'm just starting out. Like, if I like the music a lot and I believe that it's something that would fit into what my idea of LCD is, then I like to put it out. Yeah. But it's not like like for demos and stuff. I like reach out right now, at least. Mm-hmm. For now, what is your favorite way to consume Vaporwave? Um, probably like depends on my mood. Like, sometimes I like to just like chill and like read something while listening to Slush Wave. Like, I like vinyl as well, but I prefer cassette by far, just because tapes are really sick. 
vinyl is cool as well but i, I have way more tapes than i have records so i listen to them a lot more mm -hmm. um it rains a lot in london so like listening to like the more ambient stuff or like walking in the rain and hearing like the rain um, umbrella as well it's cool yeah yeah but yeah just mostly just like love relaxing and like make oh also when i do like j cards and stuff i like to listen to the actual release and making the j card for like in a row just because then you sort of like take in the feeling of the music and try to put that into whatever fonts you choose and how you choose to do the layout and stuff mm -hmm. it helps inspire you a little bit i guess yeah so you sort of take in what the album feels like and then you know you can make something that works for that particular album okay i got another question for you i don't know don't know if you want to answer it though okay because <laughs> it might be too early but can I ask you about a potential upcoming show that might be going on over in your area? Yeah, of course you can. So um, me and um, so actually some artists, some of them I haven't even put out just yet. Um, so Zero, which is like a um, Belgian vaporwave artist that's quite experimental. Um, me and him as well as um, Cat System Corp. Um, and also desert sandfields warm at night and a uh, us golf 95 we sort of are trying to oh and jade as well um who's a uh, singer from london um who's um on that album that i'm releasing soon for zero um but yeah so then I've, I've been speaking to them in relation to um perhaps setting up a show in uh london um like an alice city show where england or whatever can come and then yeah we'll just like have a cool night there and like do a merch stand and whatever and try to get some cool lights and stuff and just like make like a cool show over here because i feel like we need more of that stuff here because there's a lot of stuff going on in the u.s with that right now so there's electronic con and there's um the terminally chill dance party thing and all these cool things that are happening in the u.s and i feel i think there was just like a virtual 94 um over there in philly or something um so there's a lot of stuff going on in that part of the world. Whereas here, the only vaporwave show I've heard of that has happened here is the Dream Catalog Showcase. Um, if anyone still considers that vaporwave, I don't know. Um, and then there's been the um, like a blank banshee show or something like that. The show. For, oh, there's been uh, Groove Horizons as well, but that's more like future. But yeah, so I like to like set up like an LOC to show here, maybe like at the end of the year or early next year or something like that. I feel like it could be really fun for like the, the European and like UK people to get together about something like that. But now the lineup that I've sort of put together would be Zero with uh, Jade, which is more like a experimental ambient vaporwave stuff. And Phil's Womba Night, which is more like slush wave. Uh, US Golf 95, who's kind of, he makes like, rad meaty jams or something like that and then um or which we all know what he does he's awesome so yeah that that would be the lineup for now so that that would be tight if we actually like get to do that um it's just hard to find a venue to do that in because the thing is i i don't know how many people to expect because you know we'll have arguably one of the biggest vaporwave artists in all of europe the but it's like european vaporwave artists there so I would expect like a decent amount of people to come, but I don't know what size venue and all this stuff that we'd be looking at. So everyone is like the first or something because you don't know what to expect. But I'm trying to make it happen and it's going to be cool when it does. Awesome, man. That's very exciting. Hopefully I can make my way out there, man. That would be so sick. I'd love to meet all I those guys. 
I'll um I'll hook you up with some tapes and stuff. I'm trying <laughs> to have like a like a sick merch booth there and stuff. Like you know, like how Young Bay has like a merch booth. I want that, but like like tapes and stuff, mm-hmm. like exclusive merch and stuff. It could be pretty cool to do like a like reissues for that and stuff, just to like really give people a reason to like the house and go there because it's, it's gonna be cool. Oh, and I want to do like a exclusive free tape that people can get, like they did for Electronic One. I think that's cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, like a free mix tape or something. I don't know. Yeah, that'd be dope, and that kind of helps drive you know a little more activity to the venue. Yeah, I think that I think that's sort of the goal with that. So, but yeah, just I mean, I don't know if Europe is like a good place for that, but for those that are into that stuff around here, I like for for them to go to and you know perhaps we could even sort of make it a collab with like um corpse label i think that would yield some good results but oh shit, um, yeah you know just whatever's here like even my pet flamingo and stuff like there's so many good um like like um u.s golf was never released on other city but um i think he's tight so i love for him to play at the other city show still um so just make some sort of like something happen here because there's a lot of great artists here and stuff so definitely that's why i want to go because a lot of them uh you know can't really get to electronic con ah same as well because i I love to go to electronic con it's just say to go to electronic con that would be like two thousand pounds yeah (laughs) um well i mean being 21 and living in london where the rent literally costs a whole kidney it's a bit like (laughs) not this year anyway yeah yeah Maybe later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Vaporwave is not going anywhere. And it's like, this is just the beginning. I think people are going to be seeing each other more and more. You know, it's insane to me. It's it's the the progression in Vaporwave since I started releasing Vaporwave has been like when I first started, well, when we first started Out of the City, it was like, you know, if you sold 20 tapes, you were on. Like, that's your star, right? Mm-hmm at the time in 2015 like if you sold on a tiny run of tapes like you're, you're on but now it's like selling out like runs of a thousand records in minutes and it's like like i feel like i always feel like it's gonna like keep growing and then at some point it might you know not be as what i feel like it's gonna keep being relevant for a very long time because there's a lot of really exciting artists that are doing a lot of like cool stuff now trying out new stuff I just, I just hope we don't reach some sort of, um, in particular, I, I stopped releasing Future Funk only because I feel like it's, for the most part, it's starting to reach a point where it's, it's, it's the same samples being flipped and it's just kind of, it's, it all sounds the same. It's just that it's starting to get very, um, I feel like we've sort of reached the peak with, you know, Neon City Records, like, like minor releases and selling them out. And I feel like if we keep, you know, sort of, supplying the demand in that sense it's it's gonna die out at some point and i don't want that to happen yeah but um i mean there's some on, on that note as well for vinyl there's some really cool things in store like you know the marvel fantasy by haircuts for men and we've got i mean i've been planning a vinyl as well with desert sandfield's woman night um i've also got plans of pressing something for waterfront dining so that's that's really exciting because i mean i love them both and um, also, Channel of Dreams' um, first album will hopefully be coming out on vinyl sometime around February next year. So um, that I'm looking forward to as well, because Hans is like 
Hans is the best. Like he he's helped out a lot with like pretty much everything related to this label for the past six or whatever months. So yeah, you know, on the vinyl front it's definitely like it's exciting. Sort out a release with like a fairly big artist, but I don't know if it's gonna happen, but we'll just have to see. I mean weird thing about running a label because some like fairly large artists but i also sometimes feel really shy to like contact big artists it's it's weird it's hard to like speak to people that you have looked up to for so long yeah well, that's why that Aloe city show will be so cool right oh my god if uh, just even just meeting the people that are going to be playing there like i'm gonna scream probably i mean that's and cat corbin u.s golf and all of them like mm-hmm. U.S. golf for sure. I'd love and I'd love to see a desert sand show. I wonder what that yeah. would be like. A set, rather. I feel like it could be really interesting. That guy. I heard his interview that you did um, with him. It was so great. Like he's you. You heard the song? No, I heard the interview that you did with him. Oh, interview. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 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 Where is this? Where Where can I find this? See, that's one. This is the thing. There's so much stuff coming out. That it's always it's not a, yeah. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. It's he's a. I don't know how he does it, man. It's fucking ridiculous. Soon he'll be the the person that people are going to be like, "Yo, we need to collect every cassette of his." Probably people feel that way already. They already are though. When you see um Vaporwave Cassette Club, when a new cassette comes out, people go wild for it, and then when it sells out, everyone is like, "That run was way too small." Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, be hard as well to match people's like expectations because sometimes you'll do a hundred and then fifty people want it, but then sometimes you'll do thirty and two hundred people want it. So it's like it's hard to know, but that's why I do a lot of reissues as well because times I don't really. If I'd rather have some like have to do a reissue than have people go and pay the extortionate prices that people are charging on discogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a whole nother story. Sad, sad story. <laughs> the way people mark the shit up. I saw, um, I've seen some of the, the stuff that we've released being sold for ridiculous prices on there. I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. Like, just the fact that even from like a cassette that was a run of 30 or whatever, some people charge like $50 or whatever. And it's like, you paid 10 pounds. You don't need to price it that high. But I suppose there's a lot of demand. Um, as with anything, if there's a lot of demand for it, you can charge a lot of money for it and people are still going to buy it. So there's nothing you can do about it. But I try to set limits to how much like copies people can buy. Yeah. Um, and like, five pounds, that's a great yeah. price for a tape. Like, to buy like, you know, five copies or something, it's like, mm, no, not going to happen. Because we all know where like four of those copies are going to go. I mean, there's the, you can have reasons to buy two copies of the same release, but like, more than that is a bit to see that that's for reselling most likely so yeah that kind of leads me into one more question that i have and then i guess uh i'm out of questions so we'll let you go um but do you have anything to say about or like what is your experience of the changes in sort of sophistication of vaporwave over the years um could be anywhere from the level of quality that people are putting in to, you know, like we were talking about the amount of vinyl, just um, how 
the face of Vaporwave has been changing, sort of, what it's transformed into over the years? So, well, when I started, it was mostly just like small runs of DIY cassettes and stuff. Like maybe most people would be doing like between 20 and 50. Um, like the biggest labels would be doing like 100, but that would be like... And what a vinyl really seems like now, a run of 100 tapes would seem like back then. So that's why it's like transformation it's had because when I started, it was like the scene was a lot smaller it seemed at the time was i don't know it was a lot more toxic as well back then like vaporwave had in 2015 it was just like people being crappy to each other everywhere whereas now it's like there's still people in the scene that are like people i suppose but back then it was a lot more like everyone hated each other which was strange um i felt it anyway because i have like artists on my label that would like trash talk each other in public, like they're not releasing on the same label and it's like, be friends. Um, that definitely changed, it's become a lot more positive over time. Um, and the, the cassette releases seem to, uh, all of the releases seem to be much higher quality than they ever were. Um, and pe- a lot more people are doing the whole LED print thing and all that stuff and pad prints instead of the stickers, which I like. Just a lot more ends of labels as well, like, um geometric lullaby for example is i mean dennis is a genius with that you know he has the entire catalog is just so seamless like it's it's almost like they were made by the same person almost because it just suits with each other that well um and it's seeing something like that is just it's cool like i don't know uh, as for vinyl back then it was like we did a lathe cut record for haircuts for men back in the day um which we later pressed on actual vinyl, but you know, people went wild for that because it was like a disc that you could put on a turntable, even though most parts sound terrible. Um, it was still like, wow, because it was a vinyl-ish thing. And when Dream Catalog came out with what I believe to be one of the first vinyl pressings, Birth of a New Day, um, within the genre anyway, um, it's like, surreal that someone in the scene actually pressed the vinyl of their work whereas now it's like vinyl but i think a lot of people don't understand is that vinyl is not the magical format to give you a massive fan base if you have a fan base the vinyl is going to apply to a different part of your fan base but it's not going to just magically you know bring a bunch of people to is i mean you should see it as more of like a different way to interact with your fan base um, but I think uh, the amount of vinyl releases that are coming out sometimes is a bit. There's some people that collect all of it, and, you know, it's upon hundreds of dollars on that. And at some point, I feel like we're going to reach some sort of peak and then it's slowly going to drop off if we keep constantly like smacking vinyl in people's faces. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. One to spend like a thousand pounds a year on LOC stuff. Yeah, that's just one label, right? Like, it's crazy out there, man. If you like, especially if you have a broad taste, you have my pet flamingo and Hello City and Palm eighty four and Neon City and all that stuff. You know, it's it's a lot, but yeah, the the scene has grown a lot, and I think that that's a good thing. And we've sort of become big enough that we can be resistant to like. I guess it's easier to like find a good crowd to be around. So then you can have like positive energy in whatever you do. Yeah. You can find your right discord server. <laughs> exactly. 
I need to find my live Discord server because I just made my Discord today. I don't. Yeah, that's right. Here, I'll, g- I'll give you a list. I, I think I'm in most of them. Sorry, I'm just, I'm, I don't know. I'm like, I just like Facebook people and stuff and like email them. Um, but yeah, the, the growth of Vaporwave is definitely a good thing in my opinion because, you know, even small labels can put out vinyl, even though, you know, putting in, putting out vinyl is so expensive, which is why it seemed like such a surreal thing when it actually started happening. Yeah, that's true. I think that's cool because, you know, it's, it's, and also like those that help sort of make that a thing. Like my pet flamingo made me sort of realize like, okay, I can actually put out vinyl probably because they did it. Mm-hmm. You Many know, discs too. Yeah. Yeah. That was um, an idea stolen from my pet flamingo as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think they started that whole thing. I saw them on the infinity pool first, but at first I was like, what the heck is this? Cause I've never seen mini discs before that. Like a new cassette uh, records from when I was little and stuff. So that was pretty familiar to me, but like, what is this thing? It looks like a floppy disk, but it's not a floppy disk. Cooler floppy disk. Sort of on my post for me going the infinity pool. I was like, I need to check this out. Um, so I made like a, a run of 20 for content awareness just to see if like this is something people actually would put out in less than five minutes. It was insane. So now mini disc is like a like a normal format on the label, and there's also something I actually listen to as well. I think they're cool. Like I don't know, I like the LED prints you can do on them, and you know you can get the color ones and stuff, and they're they're cute. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay, one more question for you. Do um, you have any advice for someone that's trying to be an upcoming artist? You know, and break into the scene and start having people collect their tapes. Um. So your sound needs to stand out in a way from others because I've noticed that when a lot of artists sound the exact same, it seems like durable. Like mm-hmm. I've, I don't know. I've noticed that a lot. Some artists, it's like you. It's, it can be hard to get yourself noticed if you sound like everyone else. Um, for example, the, one of the things I really love about haircuts for men is that it barely even sounds like you know classic vaporwave. It's like you know all the drum stuff he does and stuff like he's in his own little pocket sort of and like desert sand even he has a different approach to slush wave than most artists are here and you know that i feel like having something that is your own thing really helps it it can be hard because sometimes people are not going to understand when you have your own thing when you stand out from others they'll be like oh we, this is not the what we want it sounds different it's weird but Getting your own sound within something, like your own version of something that's already popular is a good way to get somewhere within music in general. Um, But also just like networking with people and stuff and like not being worried to like labels, even if you don't send them a demo, they're still probably going to notice you if you say like artists that have noticed and listened to the music and actually liked it and, and stuff for them telling me like a tape looks nice or whatever do look at their social media so they might even if they don't take demos they might notice you if you're just you know existing i guess to do some collabs too because collabs are sick i like to see like two artists i like get together on something or maybe like if you do a split album with someone i'll notice that i don't know the thing is to just be be yourself and if people don't understand the music you make you should still make it because you know do it because you love it not because to have a bunch of fans yeah i don't know i think that's that's it like staying true to what you wanted to do but doing your own thing 
I think that's that. And then, you know, being present and, you know, don't be afraid to like ask a bigger artist for like a collab because, you know, it's, there's a pretty good possibility that they'll say yes if they like your music, even though um, like Vaporwave seems to be one of those genres where big labels and artists don't really seem to care about how big you are. Yeah. To work even if you just started, you know, a few months ago, because it's a very like open suppose. It's very like people are very collaborative and really nice and stuff. So out to whoever you like and talking to them and perhaps working with them is yeah. Um also being polite is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, that's that, that's that's an important thing too. Some people I don't know, like you you gotta respect people, man. Yeah. If you I mean, wanna you shouldn't you know, if you're making good music and stuff, you should be proud of yourself, but just don't I don't know, I don't like try to like cool guy people and stuff. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I can think of some people that some funny stories actually. I mean it's especially in future funk, uh, you know, this I've noticed some people think they're God and it's like, dude, stop. You're not like <laughs> You shouldn't feel like you're like the king of vaporwave or something, because then they're not going to get somewhere. But most people are going to notice that and not really be with it. So yeah, just being a good person and being yourself and stuff. I think that's going to get you far. Like for for me with Allo City, it's like I just thought I was going to reopen it and you know do run to twenty and keep doing that for 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 forever basically. But now it's like only getting bigger on some of the releases and mm-hmm. the and stuff. And I feel like that's because do me and talk to people and stuff. So if you're just putting out the person you are and people are going to like you for who you are, accept you and stuff. Yeah. Well, that's a great way to end it, I think, ma'am. Um, you got, you want to give any shout outs or anything or, or do you, anything else you want to say before we go? It was, it was great having you on the show, I got to say. I appreciate that. It was cool. <laughs> um, I don't know. I was just checking this out and like buying stuff from my label. I'm really thankful for that. Uh, and yourself as well. Just the fact that people like Hello City is to me, it's, it means everything. I don't know. It sounds lame, but it's like it, it's really important to me and it, it makes me happy. Thank you to all of my artists, big or small. I love you. <laughs> That's it, I think. <laughs> nice. It's cool. Awesome, man. Well, have a great, uh, you know, a great rest of your day with your fiance. Will do. You too. Well, with your. I'm um, st- I'm still looking for one. <laughs> well, I'm I'm sure you'll be able to just um show us some of the podcasts to start. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, check that out. <laughs> yeah. If anyone has any friends in Toronto, check them <laughs> the podcast. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, man. Take care, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you soon. You too. Bye. Thanks, man. Cheers. Okay, that was fun. Big thanks to Chris for coming on the show. It was a real pleasure to have him. As I keep saying, I'm a really big fan of that label. Keep your eyes on it. Check him out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I think he has a Facebook and uh, on the Bandcamp as well. Also follow us. We have a great new website you can check out. Also, our podcast page is on our website now. No longer uh, redirecting you sort of to a fireside external link, which is very nice. Shout out to Aurum, or Aurum rather, and Pony and myself, I guess, <laughs> for uh, figuring all that stuff out. 
And uh, yeah, uh, check us out on Twitter. Uh, we have YouTube as well now. Subscribe and hit the bell, as everybody says, so you can get a notification whenever we upload a new video. It's going to be more coming. And uh, give us a call on the uh, Private Suite podcast hotline if you want to leave a message. Um, I don't know if you've heard of that before, but you can, certainly can. And uh, don't forget, you can always give us a call on the Private Suite podcast hotline. Leave us a voicemail and just let us know how we're doing. Uh, tell us a joke. Tell us what we, we're doing bad and uh, anything else. Uh, the number is 41244-VAPOR. I repeat, 41244-VAPOR. Thanks a lot, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Oh, yeah, and here's some songs from the uh, various artists on the label. Check them out. Cheers. This track is called Luxurious Premium Member from Streamcatcher. Our intro track today was from Nostalgia Plus, titled Windows. The next track is called Ice Cream Spoon from the artist from Tokyo to Honolulu. My name is Agnos, and you're listening to Private Suite.
That hypnotic track was called Dream for Mind Spring Memories. Up next, we have Haircuts for Men. I want my.
That was Walking on the Beach by Dream Channel. Up next we have Alone by Desert Sand Feels Warm at Night.
This track is called My Tears from Analog Messiah. Here's a song by Weather Forecast called Mantle Interior. This last track is called Freak Out by Bootleg Baby. You've been listening to Private Suite. My name is Agnos, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah.